Have you ever imagined tossing your sleeping bag in the backseat of your car and driving to Los Angeles to get involved in acting and filmmaking? That's exactly what today's guest, Jason Mack, has done. He's now directed his first feature film, A Father's Legacy, which he calls his love letter to his own father. It explores ideas of legacy, of redemption, and of faith. This film premieres tomorrow, June 17, in over 700 theaters in the United States. My faith journey, I grew up in the church, um, but I didn't really start asking the question of, of really what is my relationship with God until I was in college. And uh, I remember an assistant tennis coach uh, really had an impact on me and some teammates. They had a really strong walk themselves and they were a big influence on me. And that's when I kind of made the decision on my own to be like, you know, this is a relationship that, that yes, I believe in God and this is something that I'm into. And, um, and since then it's, uh, it's never been a matter of, is God real? It's always been a matter of, of investing in that relationship and having there be highs and lows. And, um, and, and a lot of that comes through and I I know we'll probably talk about it, but a lot of that comes through in the film is a lot of those struggles and, and how I got to the film and how I got to, to where I'm at right now and talking to you was when I was young, I wanted to be a professional tennis player. And uh, like, like most, like, you know, young teenagers, they want to be a professional athlete or something like that. Sure. And I was like, I want to be a tennis player. Well, I get to about 16 or 17 and, uh, I just wasn't good enough. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it wasn't that I didn't work at it. It was, I would wake up, I had, I had, you know, I would go do sir, I would go do service before classes. I'd be up at six in the morning. I put the time in, I put the work in, I wanted it. I mean, I made decisions on my social life. So, you know, they would be like, I want to be a professional tennis player. Well, you get to a certain point and you're like, this just was, I wasn't created to be a professional tennis player. It's just not in the cards for me. Um, but uh, I ended up still going to school and playing a few years uh, of tennis at, at Wofford College in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a degree in finance. And after that, I, I was a sales director for microbrewery. So I'm selling beer. I'm driving up and down the East Coast for a lot of early to mid-20-somethings. It's probably like the dream job. And, um, <laughs> and so I'm doing this. And, and I'm working hard at it. I love the people I work for. I, I really like the people I work with for a young age. I'm given a lot of responsibility and, and I respond really well to that. Like I, I, I dig in deep when it comes to that. But after a couple years, I was kind of asking myself, do I still want to be doing this in five years? Do I still want to be doing this in 10 years? What do I really want to do? What do, what am I, what do I feel like? If I don't at least try it, I'm going to have regrets. And I looked at movies and TV shows. These were things that really impacted me on an emotional level when I was younger. Even then, when I was when, at that point, like there's something about storytelling, especially in the film and TV medium, that just really hit me. It allowed me to access emotions that. Growing up in the South as a young man, you're not really supposed to exhibit certain emotions because it can be interpreted as weakness, right? If you're going, if you're crying, yeah. well, be weak. 
Sure. You know, oh, you're being sensitive. It's like, where are my feelings? It's like, well, don't be weak. <laughs> and so there's things that we kind of like push down, bury down. But I remember seeing these stories and it's like, and it would bring these things up. And I'm like, I want to, I want to impact people that way. I want to stir up some emotions in people or, or create something that someone can go and just escape to for an hour or two hours. And, um, I started going to auditions as an actor, uh, any audition I could go to, I was short films, student films, uh, a bunch of really awful stuff, but I had a <laughs> sleeping bag in the back of my car and I would drive around and I would sleep. Uh, I wouldn't even know where I was sleeping that night. I would just, I would just hope someone on the shoot would think I was normal enough that they would like, let me come in and like sleep on their floor, or their, their living room couch. Huh. And, uh, and, and that was what I consider my free internship. And, uh, from there I moved to Atlanta and, uh, I was there for a couple of years and I did shows like the vampire diaries, which, which, uh, the teenage girls really loved. Um, so anyone with a teenage daughter usually is like, Oh, I remember you from the vampire diaries, <laughs> but that was my first gig. And I was in Atlanta for two years. And I remember, I remember when I knew it was time to go because I was sitting on the set of a show. Uh, it was a JJ Abrams show called revolution and which was a big show at the time. And I was sitting on set and there was this huge, there's great buzz and there's people watching. We were in a kind of a public place. And I was like, oh man, this is like really cool. However, I'm sitting in my chair and I'm like, I'm really creatively unsatisfied. I know that when people watch this episode, they're not going to remember me. I don't have any emotional impact on this story. I'm simply, <laughs> I'm, I'm delivering a prisoner. My line was, orders were to bring you here. That was my line. So I still remember it all these years later. And uh, I knew it was time to go. I knew it was time to go to Los Angeles. And, and so I moved to Los Angeles and I did a few more roles there, but I wanted to control my narrative more because I, I felt like I was in, in waiting for permission mode. I was waiting for my phone to ring. I was waiting for audition opportunities. I was waiting for someone to, to, to give me a break or, or whatever. And I, uh, I started writing more and, uh, I knew that I'd always wanted to direct someday and I started doing shorts. And then I got to the point to where I'd done enough shorts where I was like, I need to, I was like, I got to take the next step. I have to do a feature because you're not making any money in shorts. Sure. Shorts are ju you're just practicing your craft and maybe getting into film festivals. Um, but for me, and that was my film school. No one taught me how to be a filmmaker. Huh. I didn't go to school. Um, all I had was YouTube and articles online and just being on sets and seeing, Hey, yeah, I would, I'll, I'll copy that. I'll do that. Or I'm definitely not going to do that. And, um, and just applying it, making some mistakes myself. And about that time, uh, I knew for my directing career, I was like a feature is the next thing. And, uh, I knew that I had to, and I had a couple scripts that I had written that I thought would be really cool, but I probably needed like, you know, a couple million dollars, <laughs> which, uh, you know, easy, right? Easy. Um, right. I didn't have it at the same time. Um, my father, he, he had a, like, a heart surgery. It went well. Everything was good. I remember going back for that and seeing him. Everything was good, healed up, fine. Um, and then I go back to Los Angeles. A few months later, my mom calls me and said that 
they had, you know, there's some complications and they were back in the hospital and, and it was near Christmas and I was already coming home a few days later, but I was like, do I need to come home? And she didn't really say anything. I was like, well, I'm coming home. So the next day I get on a plane and, uh, and, and we didn't see this outcome turning out this way, but he ended up passing from those complications. Before and you we, got there? No, I got there. Oh. Very fortunately, I got there and as a family, it was one of those things where there was complications in the surgery and so there he had some strokes and you don't really know what the result of strokes are until the swelling goes down. Yeah. And so we thought that it was gonna be, a de, you know, there was gonna be some uh, a degraded quality of life but it just never, it just kept turning the wrong way. And we got to the point to where, you know, it, it would, uh, there was no quality of life. Oh, and we were very fortunate as a family to be able to say goodbye as he passed on. And I remember, I mean, I remember like, I felt like such a kid in, in the moment I had made, I, I, and I'm just kind of remembering this now. I had made this short film. I didn't direct it, but I kind of did. But I had wrote, I had written it. I had raised like I think a few grand to make this short film. It was my, my really my first one, and we had just finished it because it takes a while. And but he hadn't seen it yet. And so I remember I remember playing it for him, and he was you know he's hooked up. He could you know like yeah. to me he he heard it. Um, but, uh, and I remember that moment and I was just like, it was something that I had to share with him. I was like, I'm working out there. I'm working. And, and I remember talking to the ICU nurse and I was like, I just feel like everything is changing in this moment. I'm not going to be the same after this. And, and it's true. It was, it was a before and after moment in my life, which is, which is crazy because my day to day had nothing really to do with my parents. I'm in LA, they're in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't call one person, but he was someone who, even though he probably would have preferred I was a banker. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey dad, I'm going to Los Angeles. I'm going to be an actor. It you know? sounds so, more stable, doesn't it? Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Somehow. Right. Um, but, uh, but you know, like he, he, no matter what he loved and supported me in my decisions. And, and so from that, after that experience, I really found myself exploring that father-son relationship. And, and, and that, that story, like father-son stories always impacted me whenever I watched film and TV. It just always got me from a young age. So there's something about that relationship that meant a lot to me. Was this a, um, partly a biography of yours or, um, so it was, yeah, so it was, uh, no, no, the, the, the reflections, and the themes of the relationships, absolutely, those are very, very real to me. Mm. However, it's a fictional story. Like the character I play is like on the run from the law. He's been shot. Uh, that definitely <laughs> didn't happen. Um, but uh, you want to make things entertaining as well. But it's it's my reflections on that father son relationship. Huh. Yeah, okay. for sure. Um, so in comes um, a father's legacy. Mm hmm. But at what point did films get into your blood and you thought this is really this is really it for me? When when I started acting, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I was like, this is it's an incredible challenge. However, 
when I made my first short film, which was just like a little two page script. And, um, like I remember telling someone after I made that, I was like, now I'm in trouble because there's, there's nothing else I want to do. I just want to tell stories. <laughs> like there's no, there's no alternative now. I just, I'm hooked. And there's, there's, there's something about with me when I'm creating time flies by my soul feels full. I'm content. Um, I just, it just, it fuels me and just, it just, I mean, makes me feel alive when I'm creating or working on those skills. There's just something about it. And what was the catalyst that brought this particular story, a father's legacy? I think it was a culmination of, of, of my personal life and pr professional journey coming together is I was at the point professionally where I knew I wanted to make a feature film. And then I was at this personal place where I was like, I feel like I need to tell this story. I feel like I need to tell this story because it means so much to me. And it, it, it really is. I mean, I call this film you know, my, my love letter to my father. Huh. And so those two things, knowing that I had to the next step in my career, knowing that I had to tell this story, it just kind of converged and it became this this thing that I refuse to be told no on that I wrote it. Uh, we shot this at my family's property in South Carolina. So I was like, well, can't take the location from me. No one can <laughs> say no there. And everything I did along the way, I orchestrated it. So no one could say no. And, and if they did say no, it wouldn't matter. We were going to do it anyway. So I didn't care if we had $10, $10,000 or 10 million. We definitely did not have 10 million, <laughs> but we were going to, I was going to make this movie because I had them for whatever reason. And I can't, I honestly can't tell you what it is right now being like the four years later, I was, I was just honestly just bent on making this movie. You couldn't have told me no. It was just that important to me. Yeah. And, 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 and here we, we shot it in 2018. Now you mentioned a fellow named Tobin Bell. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure who that is, but how did he get involved in this film? What was his, his role here for you in this film? Yeah, so Tobin, Tobin is really known as, as one of the probably the biggest horror villains of, of the new age. Oh. And he's in a billion dollar horror franchise worldwide. Huh. So he's very well known for not this kind of role. And um, <laughs> he, yeah. I got a casting director. And our casting director sent out notice to agents and managers in Los Angeles, just seeing who, who would be interested within the parameters that we had, because a lot of, there's a lot of really great older actors who they'll come do your movie if you can pay their rate. Mm -hmm. um, well, we didn't have the money to pay anybody's rate. And also I didn't really want anyone who didn't truly care. Sure. I just, it wasn't that kind of story. I just needed someone who believed, believed in it. And Tobin was on that list. And I thought that was really interesting because if you've ever heard his voice, it's, it's just this kind of gravelly, just full of, of, of weight. And then you see his face and you see the lines and the creases. And you're like, this is a guy who's lived life. You know, like he's not, he's not yeah. like a young looking 70 year old. Like this dude has lived life and you can see it. And I remember I met with him at a cafe overlooking the beach. And, um, and I knew it wasn't me approving him. 
I knew it was a matter of, is he going to trust me who, you know, I'm, no one knows who I am right. and I'm directing my first feature film. I'm also acting opposite him, which is, you know, a different thing for an actor. And, uh, why is he going to trust me? He's definitely can make more money doing a, a, a day on criminal minds. Yeah. And he, uh, we just, we clicked and he understood why I wanted to tell the story. And he, there was, there was some personal elements that really resonated with him and his life. And we set out on this journey and I couldn't be more grateful that he came on board. And I really do think that he was meant to play this role. Um, and he was just, he was with me. And there were some really hard scenes that we had to film personally for me. Um, and he was just right there with me, just giving a hundred percent. And, uh, and, and I mean, I could not have asked for a better experience. Truly. Did you sense, um, there was something about the faith aspect of this that appealed to him or was that just, he just liked the story itself. You think, you know, I, I, I think he, I think he resonated with loss. I think he resonated with that, that loss and that relationship. And, um, you know, I think, you know, when, when you get to that age in life, I think that you've, you've experienced that. Um, it's, it's hard to avoid the longer we hang around. And, yeah. um, so I think he really resonated with that, but we actually really, you know, a lot of that conversation too was in, in being very honest with what kind of film we wanted to make. And, and being real and grounded in that story, because this isn't a down the middle faith based film. And, and, you know, I honestly, truth be told, I didn't necessarily set out to make a faith based film. I set out to a story. tell a story yeah. that had some elements that were very true to me. Um, and uh, and it's turned out that those elements, some people really respond to it. Um, and that was something that we had talked about because I was very clear with Tobin. I was like, I don't make message films. I'm definitely not going to make a preachy film. It's not, it's not to me, that's not storytelling. That's something different. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and, and I was like, I just want to tell a story about two broken people who have maybe made some bad choices or some choices have been made that really affect them and who think that they're disqualified and that they don't have anything to offer. And I want to show that they do. And they okay. very much can impact others. What is it you hope for that viewers take away from seeing a father's legacy? There's, there, I think there's two big things. The first is, is when they get done, and a couple people have told me this, is, is when they got done, they're like, I called so-and-so and just told them that I loved them and appreciated them. And that's number one, is I just want those people that are important in our lives to let them know that you love them, that they are important, that they've impacted you while you can, because we mm -hmm. don't know what happens tomorrow. Right. And the second is we do have an impact on those around us, whether it's positive or negative. And, sure. and it's a choice. It's a choice that we have which way we want to go with it. And just that we're, we're looking around and saying, Hey, who can I invest in and who can I impact positively? And, uh, and I, and I think that'll <laughs> can definitely make the world a better place. How can people uh, get more information on this film? Yes, there, there's a couple places uh, right now. The on June 17th at 7 p.m., uh, the film is going to be played in over 700 theaters in the U.S. and you'll be able to see it on the big screen with a group of people. And you can go to fathomevents.com to see theaters near you. 
And then after that, it'll, uh, you know, it's going to come out on all the VOD stuff. And you can follow the Facebook page, Father's Legacy, Instagram. Um, I personally don't have social media. I'm living in the 90s, but I've got a website. I'm JasonMack.com. <laughs> so I'll definitely let, you know, I'll, I'll post updates there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how. That sounds good. I hope I'm able to see that. What's, what's next for you? What, um, what are you thinking about for the next step after this film? You know, that's a, that's a great question. There's, there's a couple of books that I'm really looking at, I think would be interesting to adapt into a film. Um, there's, there's also some original scripts that I'm working on. I'm looking at different genres and seeing if, if I have, I think horror is a really interesting genre. Um, and figuring out if I have something to say in, in that genre that still matches with my core values and, and something that, you know, would be entertaining. But, uh, I, I, I don't know exactly what is next. It's, we'll see. Okay. Well, God will show you, right? That's right. Um, let me ask you this question. What's, uh, how difficult it is for a Christian to get involved in filmmaking? I've talked to a few people on this show who have broken into that uh, arena. And um, I'm just wondering if there's someone listening out there who's a young person, they, they want to get involved in filmmaking, they don't know how to start. Uh, what would you, what's your advice to them? My biggest advice when it comes to filmmaking is you just do it. And the great thing about right now is, and I did this just a few months ago, is I shot a little short film on my iPhone. I, um, it's super easy. There's, there's tons of great apps, super technical here, but download filmic pro <laughs> it's an, I'm not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> it's a great app and it just allows controls over, over your phone in a more native way. But, um, write you a little script, three, four, five pages, shoot it on your phone. You can edit it on your computer. You can spend 50 bucks to get the, the Adobe creative cloud, which gives you editing everything you'll need to complete your project. And, um, and you have an audience right there on YouTube and you don't have to spend much money at all. But, uh, a lot of people, you know, we we're kind of talking about it earlier in a different way, but they disqualify themselves. Well, I don't know, or I don't, I've never been to film school or I don't know how to do this. We have, we're in the age of the internet and you can learn anything. Just anything. That's right. Uh, and with all the technology, I mean, we can do things that no one ever even dreamed of doing before. Mm -hmm. And you don't really necessarily have to have any, any formal training. Nope. If you have a, if you have a talent and a sense for things, and uh, and a feeling for things, sometimes that's enough to get started. Isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah, just do it. Just do it. You'll make mistakes. It's okay. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> no matter what you're going to make mistakes. But uh, sometimes that's where you learn, right? That's usually where you learn the most. Yeah. <laughs> Look, um, uh, before I close here, I want to give you um, what I'd call a free question. Uh, what would you like to have said? Later on, when you look back and see, yeah, I didn't say that. Something that's kind of resonated. It's a really cool thing that I'm about to experience in the next week. My film comes out on 700 theaters in like three days. Oh, that's cool. and, and it really blows my mind. It's not something I expected. I didn't make the film actually thinking it would be on screens. And so I, I think some people might see that and be like, oh my gosh, what a success. That's huge. And I'm like, cool, yes. And I'm so super excited. I don't know how it's going to turn out. But I wrote this thing in 2017. We filmed it in 2018. There were multiple distribution deals that I was at the signature page and was like, there's something not right about this and pulled mm. back. And, and so there's been a lot of patience and, and, and the film, I've wanted to get it out there for a really long time. But, you know, 
ultimately, I think we're in the best place we could be. And it took almost from start to finish, you know, four or five years. And so it just takes time. Mm, It takes work. It takes hustle. And you really just have to want to do it and invest in it. It's a journey. It's not an overnight thing. And I don't want anyone to look and be like, oh, man, this guy, his first film, it's in work. It just came to work for a really long time. You know, it, sounds like, yeah. it sounds like God has helped you put this together, that you've been aware of um, uh, an invisible hand moving this. Is that is that correct? Very much so. There was So one last story I'll give you is we were in pre-production. I was in South Carolina, and it was probably about a week before we were filming. And I'm trying to prepare as a producer, as an actor— as the director and, and it's hard. And so there was a financial thing that had popped up that was really stressful. And I was like, I don't know, this is a significant part of our budget and I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I don't know what to do. I want to do things right, but I just don't know what to do. There was, I was having some creative issues and, and that was taking a little bit of the joy away. And I remember it was a Sunday because I, I was like, I got to close my binder I just sat in front of the TV. I think there was like a Sunday night football game on and just stared blankly at the TV. I was so discouraged. I was like, I don't know, man, this isn't that much fun. I don't know if I want to do this again. And I remember I went into my room stressed out and I was just like, God, I just, you know, I'm kind of like unloading and I just hear this very distinct voice. It's going to be okay. Hmm. And and I'm not, and I'm not sitting here, John, telling you that I'm the guy who hears God's voice all the time. I don't. I probably like, you know, that's one of the moments that I can distinctly say that wasn't me because I did not think it was going to be okay. And sure enough, the next day, a lot of those things worked out. It was a new day and, and a lot of things were rejuvenated. And so, you know, that was one of those moments, like I've never forgotten it because it was, a, I mean, it was, I was pretty low. Um, and it rejuvenated the whole process. And so um, I think that's just a, a very small example of, of you know, God definitely wanted this film to happen. He wanted it to happen exactly the way that it did. We've been speaking with Jason Mack, writer, director, and actor, who has just released his first major film, A Father's Legacy. Find out more at Jason's website, imjasonmack.com and catch his new film in theaters across America tomorrow, June 17th. Thank you to Jason for joining us today. Watch for more faith stories from today's influencers coming soon. This is John Snyder for The Walk. Bye for now.